Jimmy Page from Zeppelin, maybe. Huh? Who? Jimmy Page. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, remember, loud and clear. Hello and welcome to another episode of Three and In. I'm Sam Aston. Joining me again this evening is Derek Byrne. Hello, the pods and uh, pod listeners. Owen Gurry. You're all right. And joining us tonight, very special guest, Richard Metcalf. I read. Rich has a very close link to the pod as he's uh, he's the brains behind the theme tune. Yeah, I am. Yet to see any royalties really coming, <laughs> coming from that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Neither of neither have we, but uh, Rich, can I interest you in a three and in challenge? I thought you were going to say something else, yeah. <laughs> you can. I would like you to get from Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. to Rod Stewart uh-huh. via Jermaine Defoe. That's Beetlejuice to Rod Stewart via Jermaine Defoe. Take your time. Who was the guy that played Beetlejuice? Michael Keaton. It, I think it was Michael Keaton. Was it? Yeah, it was. It's when you need Dick Hardman. Mm. Well, you've got to say my, uh, Beetlejuice three times, though. Beetlejuice, played by Michael Keaton, who played Batman. Mm-hmm. William Dafoe was in one of the Batman films. Oh, <laughs> yes. Sounds like Jermaine Dafoe. <laughs> Excellent. Who, but excellent work, Dale. Oh, I got it. I got it. Jermaine Defoe had a stint at Celtic. Rod Stewart is a famous Celtic fan. Ooh, one step. Well done, Derek. I've well never done. One step before. <laughs> Too easy, Sam. <laughs> so let's get on with it. Let's crack on. Uh, Rich, who's your first pick? Well, my first pick today, uh, Sam, is uh, Sir Alan of Shearer. Sir Alan of Shearer. Sir Alan of Shearer, yeah. Uh, yeah, folkloric hero of the tune. Um, and you're a Newcastle fan, aren't you? I am, obviously, yeah. Long-suffering Newcastle fan, which I've got a story about later. I won't bore you with it now. I'll bore you with it later. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what's there to say? He's got 260 goals and 441 league appearances. And another... Uh, another 23 goals for Southampton before the first, the old first division became. Before football was invented. Before football was invented. So he went from Southampton to Blackburn. Was that his trajectory? Well, no, he started out at Newcastle. Oh. And got taken down to Southampton. Is it true that Alex Ferguson had the option, but but turned it down, and Blackburn picked him up? He's categorically denied that because I think that sort of tampers with the legend. Oh, I've always wanted to know. I'm not one for tampering with the legend. (laughs) I think it's one of the big what ifs, isn't it, of football? Had he gone to Old Trafford, what he might have done there? Quite similar to Letitia, isn't it? And that's in that regard that he's just, you know, stayed with a club that he loved. Some people may have said that you're not ambitious enough, but. Way he sees it, I guess, is that well, he's a legend there, and he'll always be a legend there, and he'll never have to buy a point in Newcastle. Um, and, and that's another way of looking at it. But you mentioned as well 
Rich, the possibility of him maybe moving to Manchester United at times. But I believe, and I've heard this, that um, Ferguson and Jack Walker, the the, the the owner at the time, Ferguson had quite a lot of respect for Jack Walker at the time. And I think they had a gentleman in agreement that he wouldn't go in for him initially. Yeah, Jack Walker said, "With uh, my word is my contract. I feel like you won't get that anymore, that sort of gentlemanly agreement. No, definitely not. No, what about not. Jack Walker then? Did, did he make, did he... How did he make his millions? Because that Blackburn team that Shearer was I believe part it was Steel. I believe it was Steel, Owen. Was it Steel? Stealing, yeah. Stealing. <laughs> didn't want Alan Shearer's dad, didn't want Ian Steel? Wasn't he like a panel beater or something? Stealing. He was, yeah. He was a, it was an, um, seen an interview with him and he said, my dad was like really, really old fashioned. He'd uh, he'd go to the pub till six o'clock. He'd, he'd come home. His mum his would have the the dinner on the table for him at six o'clock. And I think, yeah, he, he was something in the shipyard or something like that, I think. He'd have his tea and then back to the pub. The tune. Do you know, little tidbit, do you know why we, um, why Newcastle fans call Sunderland the Mackhams? No. no. So it's like, so both cities are, are ports. So, but Sunderland would build them or Mackham. Mackham. <laughs> and Newcastle would tack them. Oh, hell! Yeah. You tack them, we tack them. I love it. There you go. A little bit like um, Glasgow and Edinburgh. They say that Glasgow made the money and Edinburgh spent the money. <laughs> That's what we used to say. But what about that Blackburn team? Because was she a part of that Premier League winning team then? With, um, he was, yeah. yeah, yeah. Up with with uh, um, Chris Sutton. Chris Sutton. SAS. SAS. Special Army Soldiers. Super Army Soldiers. In their spare time. <laughs> Colin Hendry was there. Tim Flowers. Graham Lasseau, was he in there? Yeah, yeah. Graham Lasseau. Do you remember what was Graham Lasseau? Didn't he have a fight with uh, David Batty on the pitch? I think so, yeah. Had a punch up in Europe. I think it was the year after they won the league. We haven't seen one of them since, have we? Yeah. That was another one, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, well, then something, something happened with uh, Hugo Lloris and Son not so long back. I don't remember that. I was thinking more um, Bowyer and Dyer. Handbags. Yeah, it was handbags. Yeah, proper handbags. So, Shearer, 260 goals, makes him the Premier League's highest scorer. Will he ever be caught? Good question. There's always, there's always the talk of Harry Kane doing it. The Harry Kane chat. Yeah. What do you think? Is Harry Kane on like 150, 100, or is he closer to 200? I don't know. I don't know. These are the kind of things we should look at. If we should look at these. <laughs> yeah, I always thought that if Lukaku would have stuck around, he might have got close. Oh, look at the numbers he's doing at the moment. Like It's, it's frightening, isn't it? Yeah. He actually stepped up another another notch up there, over there. He's, um, he's changed his diet ever so slightly. Um, and I believe that was Conte who just got a, a hold of him. And um, he just says he feels stronger, he's got more energy. If you look at him physically, he's just, you know, it doesn't look like there's an inch of, inch, of, inch of fat on him. How long do you think Harry Kane's got left in him? What is he, 27? 28, something like that? 236 by this. Yeah, he's 27, yeah. 27. He's played 236 games, 159 goals. Ooh, oh my God. Is it? That's comparable, isn't it? It really is. It's doable. Yeah, I reckon. I mean, but it's a lot. 
yeah, a lot can happen at that stage of your career, especially Harry Kane. He's, he, he started very young, and he's got dodgy knees, hasn't he, or dodgy ankles as well, hasn't he? Dodgy chin. Dodgy chin. <laughs> yeah. Dodgy chin. And uh, well, as I think it was Hegel who said, uh, "Stats schmats." Is that correct, Harry? I think it was. Yeah, <laughs> in the uh, phenomenology of spirit. So what? <laughs> my question is, what's what's Shearer's cultural legacy? Well, for me, my first memory was of football was Roberto Baggio missing that penalty. My second most powerful memory is Shearer wheeling off Euro '96, the song oh. of Wembley Stadium, three lions coursing around the ground. <laughs> Skinner and Badil. No, where is Deke when you need him? Oh. Across and then him wallying it in the net. Yes. That's forever being green. Spitting out your Capri Sun. <laughs> <laughs> but did he what in terms of his England career? I mean he didn't he didn't get close to like Rooney and Charlton and Lineker, did he? But that obviously, that goal obviously was a big one. Mm. That one against Holland, where was it? Darren Anderton squared it, and he just walloped. I can't remember now. No, no, Sheringham, Sheringham. Sheringham squared it, but yeah, he's probably more endeared, obviously, with the Newcastle fans than the Blackburn fans. Although, do you think they share the honours? Do you think they equally idolise Shearer, the Blackburn fans, and the Newcastle oh, fans? Newcastle really hasn't it like the, yeah. the homegrown boy I read up I was reading up about Alan all of Alan we're v- familiar with him now first name terms <laughs> I always like to find out little bit, silly little bits about them. what was his nickname growing up and I learned that he had his nickname was Smokey and um, you think oh what, was he addicted to tabs smoking behind the school shed and all that he 20, 20 a day man no, he was addicted to smoky bacon crisps. Uh, <laughs> what an, aff- an affliction. Are you listening, Harry Kane? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's the least rock and roll thing I've ever heard. So if we go back to um, his cultural legacy also, up there has got to be when the Geordies put up a big Shearer shirt on the uh, Andy Gormley. Actually, the Angel of the North. The Angel of the North, yeah. yeah. Google it. Was that in honour of like, a milestone or a game, or was that just because, well, the hell with it? Just put on the. <laughs> I think it was. Was it not the FA Cup final against Man United? Oh, it's probably something I've chosen to forget. No, no, I think you lost that, didn't you? Yeah, we lost it, yeah. But... Have you ever. Did Shearer ever win anything? Premier League. No, I mean with Newcastle. Uh, one people's hearts. No, no, no we haven't. Won, Newcastle haven't won anything since nine, 1969. Just the individual awards then. Yeah. Yeah. And another question about his like more intangible aspects. Going back to when he won the Premier League, maybe at that time he didn't, he didn't think, oh, this would be my only major trophy, but... You know, when they asked him, how are you going to celebrate? He famously said, well, I'll go and... Like this? <laughs> that doesn't work on a podcast. <laughs> really? would do that? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Get dressed. It's <laughs> <laughs> shaped like an L, isn't it? Very controversial, that, Rich. 
those hand gestures. (laughs) 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 Sorry, just to get back to what I was saying. When they asked him about that, uh, he said, uh, I'm going to celebrate by creosoting his fence. I don't know if you know that famously. No. <laughs> and no-nonsense, no-nonsense kind of guy, that kind of character was part of his appeal, especially that sort of working man. Oh, yeah, I win the league, but I'm going to celebrate by creosoting my fence. That elan or lack of elan. I think so, like... No frills approach. No frills, yeah. He was yeah. famously, the, you know, the old, everyone gone back to Euro 96 again, um, if we will. Um, everyone knows about the bench chair, um, oh, which yes. is when yeah. they had that famous night out. I um, read an interview with, um, I think it might have been McManaman or someone, and he said the only people that didn't go were like Darren Anderton and Alan Shearer <laughs> and Gary Neville. <laughs> Everyone else went. Of course. So yeah, but he's got that reputation, hasn't he? But I think I think um, you hear other interviews that he is quite a good, you know, good drinking buddy. Plays a bit of golf and that as well. Yeah, but he, I don't know. He comes across as a bit dry on mm. the TV. Persona, isn't it? Well, do you remember in the England camp they had that that running joke they had to get. Fit in as many uh, song tales as they could. In a job, in a, in a job. Have you? What position he played for? Striker. <laughs> in, in a post-match interview. He, oh no, I think it was. It was build-up. I think it might be in Euro 2000. Maybe. Oh, I don't remember this. Maybe Euro 96. I remember. I think I remember Tony Adams doing something like <laughs> saying, you know, we weren't exactly dancing in the moonlight, but it was. Yeah, something form. like that. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Um, the other thing as well, Rich, talking about his reputation and how he's seen, how he's perceived, would you say he's perceived as one of the gentlemen of football or would you say he had more of an edge to him? I think he would be perceived as a gentleman. Mm. But if you asked a teammate... A defender. If you asked a defender, yeah, or Big Dunk... Or Neil Lennon. Say he's got a bit of an edge to him. I remember when he... in the um, When we beat Man United 5-0, which was... Beautifully called uh, "How We Five O." <laughs> they were they were squaring off at each other, weren't they? And he um, also with when they were on a night out in Dublin, he uh, he knocked out uh, Keith Gillespie. And Keith Gillespie, he said that uh, we're we're all mates now. But I just remember I was I was running my mouth off. I was smashing glasses like being a dickhead. And I just remember waking up in the hospital next morning. <laughs> Sheer a spark throughout. Yeah, because you see him now and he's very, uh, he's got his BBC persona. But I imagine he could give it on the pitch. You do see clips of him, people squaring up to him and that. And he's not backing down to anyone, uh, is he? Yeah. And uh, he, he, was, he wouldn't mind sticking an elbow in someone's face. Uh, oh, in yeah. Face, you know? Oh, mate, he was all over it, wasn't he? Yeah. So it's, it's part of his game. Yeah. Is there a particular goal, Rich, or a particular game even that you think? Well, I, I want to mention about um, England. Yeah. Uh, with uh, against Holland, and he always he always uses uh, that Everton as his favourite ever goal. I don't know if you remember it. I don't remember. But it's outside like, the box. 
yeah, well outside. A scorching <laughs> volley, was it? Yeah, he just yeah, he just pings it off the volley oh. and it just rockets into the top corner. And I think he's he's in he's a little bit in awe of himself at that moment and he's just like <laughs> oh, well, he lifted, he lifted the arm up a little bit slower because he was in awe with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But another one as well. Do you know what his, um, his last ever goal was? The 260. No. What was it? It was against... It was a penalty against the Maghams. It was the Tackums versus the Maghams. Fitting. And the Tackums won. Did he so win? When, hang on, when did Shearer's... Career finished then. I don't know about dates. Here. Did he play into like the mid 2000s? 2006, I think it was. The, was the last 2006. And then famously went on to uh, manage for eight games. Eight games. So. Do you think he'd ever? Do you think he'd ever come back to uh, management? I don't think so. I think he he's he's very happy doing what he's doing. Mm. I mean, imagine. You lads, you could be uh, doing the football media dream, just getting paid loads to speak your mind about football. And I think he's very happy just doing that. I think he he did have the dream of managing Newcastle, but he went sour, like Mike Ashley soured it. Mike man. Ashley, fucking hell. Ruined it. Time for our new segment, Slag Off Mike Ashley. Utter, utter. Ugh, I'm just a fiend. He reminds me of Baron Greenback. Oh yes, I know who that is uh, Danger Mouse. The, yeah. um, who also Baron Van Greenbank uh, also reminds me of Avram Grant. <laughs> yeah. Very, similar. Very similar. Yeah, yeah. Never Classic seen him reference. in the same room. Oh, do you? No, no. You yeah. Shall we move on to your second pick? We can. Yes. Um, so he's a mercurial. Mercurial Frenchman. Mercurial Frenchman. Ooh. But I didn't want to have too many Newcastle players. So Mercurial Frenchman, you could have gone for Ginola. That goal against Ferran Varos. Chest, the knee, and then the volley. Ferenc Varos. Ferenc Varos. Or I could have gone for Hatton Ben Arthur. Oh, yeah. The closest thing. That's St. James' back I'll ever see to Lionel Messi. But no, I shan't. I'll go for the king. Sir Eric of Cantona. <laughs> Sir, Eric. <laughs> Sir Eric Cantona. Got a couple of knighthoods today. Well, <laughs> just Eric Cantona, I don't think he's been <laughs> He wouldn't accept it. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, and that's yeah, why no. I love him. <laughs> no, he'd, he'd throw it back in your face and say, Vive la Republic, wouldn't he? He would. <laughs> Some existential bollocks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was wondering when we'd get Cantonar on the show, so pleased you brought him up, Rich, because there's a million and one things we could say about him, but why did you choose him particularly then? I just remember being in the schoolyard. Well, this is a, this is an admission that only my nearest and dearest know before. Oh, Exclusive. Before I was a Newcastle fan, but I was only a Newcastle fan because my brother was given some goalkeeper gloves and a Newcastle United ball. And he drew up this contract and he said, if you want to play with this ball and these gloves, you have to support Newcastle for the rest of your life. <laughs> so I duly signed. 
in uh, blood. I've been a Newcastle fan ever since. It and I told that story to our mate Rich. He went, he's had your trousers down there, lad. <laughs> <laughs> you danced with the devil. I did. And be- but before that, I was uh, I was a bit into Man United and Cantona was a huge part of that. You literally danced with the devil. Yes, I feel dirty saying it. <laughs> I think we politics in it. Cantona transcends football, transcends club affiliation. He's a transcendent figure. Owen, as a United fan, you're probably most you're closest to 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 Eric. I think we could we're on first name terms. King King Eric. King sorry. Eric, sorry, we're really not on first name terms. Leroy. <laughs> Leroy. Leroy. L'enfant terrible. Isn't it isn't it just like you know, he didn't play that many games really. He wasn't like there for eight seasons, signed in from Leeds, but that's the power of a personality. Yeah. Character traits of somebody who just turns up on a football pitch and I'm not saying anything against him or anything. I'd never want to do that. But if you look at some players who, you know, work and work for years and years and they make very little impact. And then somebody like Eric Cantona comes along and all he does is turn his collar up, score mm. a nice chip, <laughs> a few goals. And then he's immortalised forever. And you'll see the banners at Old Trafford and we talk about him as the king. So, And I love that. I love that romance of football that we want personalities and characters and like you say as a Newcastle fan he's got appeal for you so it's good that Um, he shows him it was different let's just say I mean do you know what I I really like blew my mind from reading it and even just looking back at old videos of Cantona particularly how he took penalties I mean obviously we look at like different techniques nowadays like Jorginho's little skip you know, things like that. Anton, I said, he used to watch the goalkeeper's knees. He said, I looked at his knees and then I could realise, I could see before he would go where he's going to go. If you look at Cantona's penalties, I, I, I think maybe look at, for example, 94 FA Cup final against Chelsea, scored two penalties. Both times, keeper goes the wrong way. Both times, he tied foot in the same corner. Waited for the goalie to go. Looked by, by seeing where his knees were going. Which I think is just like a level, isn't it? No, yes. Different, like he is as well. Uh, it's just a nice, nice Cantona esque. Yeah. I mean, it's just we were talking about Shearer being so straight laced, mm. and there's a, a million and one media trained footballers are just towing the line. He definitely was the polar opposite of that, wasn't he? Yeah. Just, like, yeah. I don't give a fuck attitude. Here's a question for you. How many professional clubs did he play for in France before his move to Leeds? I think at the age of 25. You asking me or? To the floor, to the floor. To the floor. Or to the floor. I mean, I'd be, I'd take a conservative estimate and say two, but you're going to tell me it was more. I'm going to say three. Um, and I can, I think I can name them. Go on. Nîmes, N-I-M-E-S. Can. Yeah, Spell that as well, Dale. <laughs> Cans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had a few. Um, Auxerre. Auxerre's one, yeah. Auxerre's where he started out. Yeah. It's a bit of a fault. It's a bit of a trick question. Did he play in a yellow jersey over there and not Leeds? It, well, I'll, I'll just tell you. So he's played for he played for six. 
And the reason I bring it up is because at every single club, he was moved on pretty swiftly or out on loan pretty swiftly. So those six clubs include loans. Mm-hmm. And even at the loan clubs, he'd still be punching teammates, throwing boots at managers, calling the directors idiots to their faces, ripping his shirt off, refusing to play. So he went from Auxerre to Martigues to Marseille to Bordeaux to Montpellier to Nîmes. Then at 25, retired from football. Amazing. In an absolute hissy fit. And uh, I can't remember someone, maybe Julier. It was Julier. Co- convinced him to go to, to England to give it another go. It was oh, Julier did. Wow. Platini. You know, when he came to England, um, he was supposed to sign for Sheffield Wednesday. Well, he, yeah, he had, a, he had a little loan, week loan or something, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. And who was the manager of Sheffield Wednesday then? Was that Howard Wilkinson? That was Leeds, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Leeds, yeah. yeah. They must be kicking themselves. They must. Would that be Gary Megson, maybe? No. No. no I think he would have been playing then, I'd say, at that point yeah. in time. Do you know where um, his beginnings, um, which is something I didn't know about, is that he grew up in like basically a house that was built in, in a cave. And essentially, yeah. his granddad um, refurbed it. I, it used to be a Nazi hideout, and it was granddad re- refurbed it in the fifties. That was his family home. What a great yeah. fuck you to fascism! And I was reading about that incident that took place when Cantona booted that fan and jumped over the hoardings in 1995. And I called it up, and I'll, I'll read out what you know what I called up. And the guy who actually insulted him was this bloke called Matthew Simmons. He was a far right sympathizer. He attended. National Front rallies. Um, he was British National Party member, and he had loads of violent convictions against his name. And he called him Nazi scum. Ah, oh. I was wanted to know what he said, and like, no, had no idea what he said to him. And heckled him as a as as, as foreigner Nazi scum. And Cantona's maternal grandfather, going back to your point, Del, was from Barcelona, and he fought against. Um, Franco's fascist armies um, during the Spanish Civil War. He was forced to flee to France after the nationalist victory. So, you know, that what goes around kind of comes around with Cantona. And for him to embody that anti-fascist attitude and carry it onto the football pitch, to me, I'd celebrate that. It kind of takes us a little bit back to when we were talking about Zidane and the headbutt. That, yeah. I, I, I can't help but celebrate moments like that. Something very genuine and pure about it, Owen. Yeah, and I didn't know that about Cantona, that his grandfather was from Barcelona, you know, yeah. probably a Catalonian as well, and fighting for independence against Franco. So it, it, I'm not condoning it, but at the end of the day, I kind of am. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. well, yeah. punch a fascist kind of thing. And that's the thing about Cantona, some was saying that it he was moved on. He was a spiky character. You need those in football. Give him a chance. But yeah, obviously everybody remembers that. I had a poster of that in the room. That oh, kick. Yeah, and you look at the faces and the shock on some people's faces. But yeah. every time I'd come home, I would look at it and just be like, yes. So we can't can't talk about the Kung Fu kick without the, without the punishment. And... Subsequently, we have this perfect moment 
who just threw everyone left field. The uh, the seagulls and troller moment. Yeah. The the famous uh, the famous speech. Does anyone have it down or? I think it's what is it? When the seagulls follow the trawler. Oh god, I, I'm trying to remember it. It's not going to happen, is it? They, because they think when the seagull follows the trawler, they will be thrown fish or something like that. Yeah. But he yeah. takes like a, a pause for a spe- effect speech. Yes. <laughs> when the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because <laughs> they've thrown fish to be thrown. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and then to be a fly on the wall in that room, just the journalist going, what the fuck is he? When he comes back from, from the, the band, mm. this was the season when he broke my heart. When Newcastle yes. were 12 points clear at the top. And he comes back and he's like a massive part in United being able to get back all those points. One nil Cantona, one nil Cantona, one nil Cantona. It seemed most weeks yeah. that season, and Newcastle were just losing ground. Yeah, scored six in uh, in six consecutive games. Yeah. I would love it. I would love ah. it. Do you also... think there's a player now that you'd say embodies any of those characteristics from Cantona? Because I've heard it. You know, we were talking about his impact and. People say, oh, Bruno Fernandes at Manchester United, can he be like Cantor now? It was 25 years ago. Surely there's been other players, but do you think there's anyone now? No, because I'm sure there are a million footballers who can play skillfully, if not more skillfully than Cantona. But it's the it's the legend that we've that has been perpetuated. It's it's the mm. talismanic yeah. nature of him as well. I mean he and, and, and you know that 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 um, Fergie's fledglings that came through, they all looked up to him. Without like skulls and butt and all them, and they were all young players, and all like senior players were putting a thousand pound into a hat. So basically, whoever comes out gets the gets the money. So a load of the young players like go back on like, ah, no, I can't afford to do that. I don't have the money to do that. So like, so, like Gary Neville and a few others didn't go in. But I think Bus, Nicky Bus. He put money in, and so did um, a couple of other young lads. And um, out of the hat, Eric Cantona's name comes out, and he gave the money to the young lads, and he said, "That's for being brave." And, oh. and, and you know, it was like a life lesson as well. Do you know what I mean? Wow! Just a good, that. good skin. Can I give you some Cantona facts? Yes. Hit us up, Sam. Premier League's first hat trick. Was it? No really? Way. For Leeds. Uh, um, under trois. That's that trick for Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> and retired at what age? Ooh. 30. 30. 30? The top of his game. He played some um, like beach football after that, didn't he? Yeah, beach football. Did you did you not play for a, a pub team at one point? No, it was a beach, beach football he was playing, yeah. So then, after he retires, he's famously becomes an actor. Infamous. I mean, famously would be stretching it, but <laughs> infamously, yes. Yeah, what I would say is adverts are probably more famous than his actual films. Well, there's a brilliant. It's good you mentioned that, Bill, because um, there's a brilliant advert around about the time when there was this moral moral panic going on about his kung fu kick. Uh, I don't know who the advert was for. He's like, uh, he said, "I want to make an apology. I want to apologise because I missed a shot against Newcastle. I should have scored a hat trick." And I didn't, but like it was yeah. teed up 
for him to look yeah. like apologizing for the kung yeah. fu. And the other one was like when he had the collar up and he was mm. like, of what? Oh, the Nike one. Yeah, the one Rich, I always remember. It was a billboard for Nike, really famous Nike billboard, and it said 1966 was a great year. Yeah, that's one as well. Eric was born. Oh, excellent. Brilliant. I think Um, that was around the the, the 96 as well, like 30 years of Hurt. Yes, I would like to mention, obviously, the, um, the Ken Loach film. Looking for Eric? Yeah. And uh, hopefully, so it's like there's this very famous scene about this, uh, this uh, postman, and I don't think he's is he hallucinating at the point? Obviously, he's hallucinating, yeah. He's having these like visions, isn't he? About because yeah. he's living in the past and he's yeah, he's looking for Eric, strange from his family, isn't he? And he's going, he's having a tough time. He was played by like a former bass player of the fall, and uh, he keeps envis- envisaging. Uh, Eric, and he said, what was your sweetest moment? <laughs> it's got to be Wimbledon, hasn't it? That volley at Wimbledon. And he's like, no, it wasn't a goal. It was a pass. It's just uh, He just chips it over Dennis Irwin, and then uh, Irwin just volleys it. Oh. Yeah, I remember that scene. I like that film. I think it's very good. I mean, I love, I love all Ken Loach films being a working-class filthy workaholic. <laughs> Oh yeah. I've got a question we, for you. We could do a special on Ken Lutz films. I'm sure we will. As a, a fellow musician, who would you compare the King to? Oh, what a great question! Uh, I'd have to say Michael Bublé. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that is a good question. That I don't know. Maybe. You'd, I'm inclined to say like a Mick Jagger type character or I've thought about it long and hard. Jimmy Page from Zeppelin. I've gone for seemingly lazy, but I think the more you think about it, it would be Serge Gainsbourg. Oh, I like it. Yeah. That's a good that's a good one. Not for the establishment. Say. Shut them. You might say singular. Ha! <laughs> Could or cerebral, cerebral, that's the one. <laughs> you might indeed. You know who, who stuck like when you you've asked that question and you're thinking about him, the king. I just thought Elvis Presley straight away. Yeah, I know you quit. Well, I mean, nah. You've taken one step again there, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> that's very singular. <laughs> what about your third pick? I think we've got a. We've got a, a three and in first because we've not got a football player. We've got a. We've got special dispensation. <laughs> special. Dis- we've got a linesman. Yes, we've got special dispensation from the board. Uh, it's Rafa Benitez. Rafa Benitez. Rafa Benitez. Uh, I'll tell you why. Because I've known Sam for. Too long, baby. Too long, baby. <laughs> 12 years, is it? Probably, yeah. And we went, we met in Liverpool and we went with uh, Bicycle Thieves on tour to London. Well, this was a band that... Were you managing them, Sam, at the time? No, just mates. Yeah, was, I lived with them. We were just scared in the in the van, you know, on the on the jolly to London on camp. In that night Jumping camp. lads, got a few gigs. When they were sound checking, me and Sam went for... We bought 
a bottle of vodka and some falafel wraps. <laughs> Little did we know that we'd be yeah. alcoholic vegans later on. <laughs> that YouTube channel, please check it out. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I've grown up in Newcastle, I've lived in Liverpool, and now both of me and Sam are in Valencia, who three clubs, Rafa's uh, garden. So I thought, I've got to be him. It's got to be him. Well, why don't we start with Valencia? Is that, because, I mean, that's, I don't know anything about that. When was he managing Valencia? Well, Valencia, do you know who was manager in Valencia before Rafa? Uh, no idea. Steve McLaren. Steve McLaren? No, Steve McLaren, big game. <laughs> it was uh, Claudio Ranieri. He, Claudio. Overtook, he, he overtook Claudio Ranieri. In 2002, after he, he was like manager of the Real Madrid B team for like two or three years. Right. I think um, he had a few. He had a stint with Tenerife, right? And didn't go very well. But he, uh, for some reason, I know with Extremadura, he got Extremadura promoted into the Spanish Segunda B division, mm. and that's why he got the Valencia job. And in two thousand two, no, two thousand one, two, they won the league, La Liga. Really? And two thousand three, four, they won the league. Who, who are we talking about in that squad? Like um, Pablo Aymar. Aymar. What's the keeper? Canizares with the... Yeah, Canizares. Yeah. Canizares, yeah. Al Belda in the midfield. Yeah. Ayala. Ayala, yeah, that's it. Argentine. Yeah. He was class. Was Mendieta there? I was thinking that, yeah. Mendieta. Okay. So he's won, the, he's won La Liga. Won La Liga twice. And was that the last time that Valencia won La Liga then? No. I reckon. I reckon so. And... It was the duopoly after that. Mm. Atletico, I suppose, would have would have got in, jumped in a couple of times, but yeah, some yeah. achievement though, really. I mean, because if you think as well, like especially in Spain, Real Madrid and Barcelona obviously hold the power, and if yeah, one team wins the league one year, you think right, okay, Barcelona open that checkbook, Real Madrid open that checkbook. Win it a second year after that, I think it's just a phenomenal achievement. I can remember at the time, you know, Benitez was going to Liverpool or Chelsea. He was that he was so highly rated at that in that summer. For us to get him was a massive coup. So what year was that then? When did he arrive at Liverpool? Four, wasn't it? Two thousand and four. Was it not his first season that he won the Champions League? Yep. As I remember, I remember in an interview he, he was saying uh, the chairman of the time, whose name was Derek. Oh uh, God! It wasn't God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, chairman at the time. <laughs> chairman at the time said, "All I want is for Liverpool to compete again." Mm. And lo and behold, he went and won the fucking Champions League. Was that in his first, sorry. sorry, in his second season then? First. In his first season. In his no. first season. I think he got there 2004-05, and that was the 2004-05 season, no? That yeah. Used to be. yeah. That's right. That's Unbelievable. Right. So he's arrived at Liverpool. He's brought with him, I believe, Luis Garcia. Mm, Luis Sha Garcia came from, he had him at Tenerife, I think. Xavi Alonso? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Xabi Alonso was... Yeah, he brought a few signing, Spanish right? boys with him. Uh, they were the two biggest hits, weren't they? Let's Antonio be. Nunes was the third one. Uh, uh, yeah, Nunes came in actually from Real Madrid. He was part of the, the Michael Owen deal. Yeah. Michael Owen went the other way. Nunes Which came from And uh, I think we got the short straw. Never knew. Yeah. And Morientes? He came after. Uh, well, no, he came back that January. That January. You might you might remember it. The Champions finally he was cup tied. Uh, yeah, he, he came. He came later. And who else? Dal were his big signings in that first season. Gibral Cisse up front oh, yeah. in the, to replace Owen. And later on, you had like more Spanish players. Yosemi came in. Um, Harry Kuhl. Harry Kuhl was signed. He was uh, Julie signed him. He was at Liverpool the year yeah. before. Um, Biscan. Yeah, Biscan Bisc was a Julie signing. Yeah, another one. But it wasn't a vintage Liverpool team, let's be honest. They had a few oh, shining well, lights, but, you know, it wasn't vintage by all means. It wasn't to start with, but then it became vintage. So what do you think it was then about Benitez's managerial style? Because I, I think he, him and Mourinho it was a bit of a sea change, wasn't it? Well, I think that... Um... What you've just said there, Dale, about that not being a vintage Liverpool squad. And when you look at that match, Istanbul, and you look at the team sheets, that that's just tells the story, doesn't it? I mean, that AC Milan um, team was ridiculous. Yeah. It was one of the greatest yeah. squads you've ever seen, and yeah. including the bench. Yeah. And then you look at that Liverpool team and you think, come oh, on, surely he's a motivator. He's um he was always like from players when players talked about it, he always used to say he was just repetition, repetition, repetition every day, organized, organized. That's how they, they had they had it drilled into them. I mean the players would be pissed off him. Just how like you would you would just be doing the same thing over and over again, but they knew exactly what they needed to do. They were a unit, they were a machine. Um, you know, Gerard talks about how he never, you know, he, he would never get praise from him like he you know, an arm around the shoulder like Julie would. Um, he was very cold, calculated, and, you know, he knew how to get the best of a team as a as a, as a mate. Like, and, and the players were components of that team. I was watching a, an interview with, is it Guillermo Balagu? The Spanish general. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's, it's G-U-E, so I assume it was a boy. Will Baggett. <laughs> He's going I don't know how true this is this is. Maybe you can back me up on this, Dale, but he was saying I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I was one of the first who was bringing in concepts like rotation, um, zonal marking, and people were ripping the piss out of me for it, going, Oh, what the, what is this? Yeah. Now everyone's doing it. Is that I, I, I think that's quite accurate, Rich, yeah. Um, I mean, in English football, I mean, you wouldn't see zone marking as much, would you? It would be who are you picking up. If you lose that man, you have your responsibility. But no, he would be marking spaces instead. And also in the way he would rotate his personnel, I would. I, I knew from watching, most Liverpool fans would know watching Liverpool that at certain minutes, like 65 minutes, he will make a substitution and it will be every single game. He will he will make substitution at the same time, very predictably. Yeah, but um, he, knew how to, he knew how to use the squads. 
It was the same at Newcastle, exactly. Yeah. 65 minutes, 70 minutes, he would just change it completely. So you're not that. a Liverpool fan though, Rich. So why why have you picked Benitez? Because I'll tell you why. Yeah. Um on a trip home from Valencia visiting Sam, I got I got the train back to Madrid and I got the plane from Madrid. Easy jet. Mind you, this is easy jet. From Madrid to Liverpool. Because I was going home. And I sat on the, on the plane and go. Okay, now that geezer looks a lot like Rafa Benitez. <laughs> he could make a he could make a bit doing uh, looky like he worked. <laughs> and he got up to go to the tunnel and God, that is Rafa Benitez. And he like sort of he saw me the going looking like staring at him in the toilet. <laughs> in the toilet with Rafa Benitez. I didn't join the Mile High Club with Rafa Benitez. <laughs> Welcome to my squad. <laughs> <laughs> I went up to him, pretended I knew the toy. I was like, all right, Rafa. And we end, he just, he just, <laughs> he spoke to me for ages. He must have been dying for a piss. And he spoke to me oh, for wow. ages about how much he hated Mike Ashley. Oh, really? Because <laughs> I told him, was like, mate, I'm, I'm a, you're one of my heroes. Um, no one begrudges you for leaving because Mike Ashley's a dick. And everyone knows the deal. And he goes, yeah, um, he's just a born liar. Just complete liar. Wouldn't trust him as far as me. He didn't say wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him, but he said I just wouldn't trust him at all. No, no. And he was just so friendly and just gentlemanly. And yeah. And I think in the, in the years of dire... Dross under Mike Ashley's reign. He was the only sort of light. Even the years and the the UEFA Cup, it was still pretty shit. That was one of the reasons he took that job, wasn't it? He? He's like, I, I want to manage a team in the championship, mm. you know, as a challenge because the championship is one of the most competitive leagues in, in the world. And he accidentally won the championship on the last day of the season because uh, Brighton, I think, lost. Newcastle drew total accident. Yeah, <laughs> but do you think? Do you think that 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 says something about him that he's manager of Newcastle in the Premier League, global audiences, and I'm sure people around the world do watch the Championship as well, but not to the same degree. Mm. And then they go into the Championship, and he stayed there. Yeah, that commitment to a club, and there are some similarities between Newcastle and Liverpool with the supporters. Yeah, you could romanticise it with the port history and stuff like that, but yeah. th there is something maybe in Benitez, would you say? Do you think that he knows the value of it to the fans in, a pl yeah, in yeah, places yeah. like that? Completely agree with that. For the, the Hillsborough. Uh, well, yeah, what what lives in my head rent-free is the clip of him, uh, the clip of the, the woman who was in charge of the Hillsborough campaign, uh, whose son died... Uh, Derek, her name Margaret, was. Margaret Aspinall, and she said, "I'm really sorry, Rafa. I haven't, I haven't said thank you uh, for all the work you've done in raising awareness for this charity and helping us with this charity, uh, this campaign." And everyone just stands up, standing ovation, going, "Rafa, Rafa, Rafa, buddy," and he's in tears, man, which is oh. just testament to the man. He actually donated ninety six thousand pounds to the cause. 
I did it. Yeah, his own money. Yeah. So tell us about Benitez after Newcastle. Well, went to China, didn't he? FC Dalian. FC Dalian. Dalian. So, but doesn't he still? A mate of mine said he still. He's got a house on Merseyside. So yeah, he's yeah. got roots now. You know, um, obviously, his, it's because of his missus. His missus loves Liverpool. Do you know, he also um, has a little uh, tradition with his wife that anytime he wins a trophy, he buys her a watch. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And pretty, you should say that because I remember a story about, you know, how obsessed with football he is. And on their honeymoon, he went to watch a football match. What a charmer. <laughs> we could learn a lot from that man. <laughs> Well, that's his, that's his Here life. you go, love. That's Got your life. lovely timepiece. Now let's watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> you should watch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you besmirch Rafa's name like that. Tell me when now. Tell me when it's half time. <laughs> do you think he'll? Do you think he'll come back? Do you think he'll take the reins at Newcastle again after Mike Ashley? Or only if this much lauded uh, Saudi Arabian deal goes through. And or, if we stay up. And if we stay up, which yeah. I highly doubt it. Ooh. The dirge that Cabbage Heed is serving up. I think you're there. I think you're there. I mean, Steve Bruce is on another pod, I'm sure. How's the bacon, did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Steve, uh, Steve Bruce is on another pod. Oh, mate. Can we have a I section? I don't think anyone's going to pick Steve fucking Bruce. Can we have a section <laughs> slagging off Steve Bruce? Well, Steve Bruce brought out his own, like, crime crime novels. Oh, he brought yeah. brown no. crime. oh and they're painfully bad. I mean, on, I've, I've listened to transcripts of it on a, on a, on a different football podcast. Don't and um, they are actually hilarious. Very rare and expensive to buy. I mean, the question you've got to ask is, who done it? <laughs> the referee seen it. Has the police seen it? Did I do it? Who knows? <laughs> is that a lot? Is that your lot? I think that's that's a lot. No. What a pod! Loved it. Getting our first manager in as well, lads. Nice one, Rich. Yeah. Rich, do, Rich before we end it, do you want to uh, say something about uh, your band? Obviously, we use the P music. Nah. Anything <laughs> in the pipeline, Rich? Any new tunes? Um. Looking for a job, for anyone's out there. I'll <laughs> uh, be a job at Newcastle soon, Rich. Get the email. Oh, I listened to you on a podcast. We're away from my venture capital firm. I've got a number. <laughs> I'm available for a voiceover work. <laughs> but go on to the old Spotify's, Google Bear Aspirin, and you'll hear Rich's music. Excellent stuff. Oh, right. I've heard one or two tracks. It is very, very good. Superb. Enjoyed it tonight. Great, Rich. Nice one, gentlemen. Au revoir. It was a long one, huh? How long's that? Huh? 70. Uh, it's about 70 minutes. Is time, it? time for Rafa to make a yeah. sub. <laughs> well, <laughs>